This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everyone. The clip you're about to hear is from one of our exclusive Patreon episodes on a recent horror release. And just like all of our other episodes, it might include major spoilers for said horror release. So don't listen to it if you haven't already seen it. You've officially been warned. And if you'd like to hear the full episode, just head on over to patreon.com slash horrorqueers and subscribe today. Without further ado, here is your exclusive Patreon clip. This is a passion project for Anderson. I can't help but think if, like, or wonder if he was um, maybe distracted making some of these later Resident Evil films when he was trying to make this get, get this film off the ground and... I have my own thoughts of thinking that that's why the Resident Evil film franchise ended so hastily (laughs) is because he wanted to get this movie off the ground, but whatever. So he turned out a script. The the original concept of this film was going to be something kind of weird. Like it was going to be an American dragged into the parallel universe, uh, learning how to fight monsters, having to deal with the situation when monsters cross back into the real world and start attacking with a a climactic final battle at the, at at LAX, (laughs) the Los Angeles airport. See, I love that you say that because as somebody whose other podcast is specifically tailored to dealing with YA properties that a hundred percent makes sense given the time parameters he was making. Cause like, that's what YA was doing. It was like YA characters embarking on these massive missions, being the chosen one and then having to deal with like huge fights. Oh my God. I hate okay, the chosen one narrative. I am so over it. And I'm so glad that they don't do that with Yobovich in this movie where they're like, Oh, you're the one that's meant to lead us to salvation. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. She's just a novice who's learning and she's going to join you guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think that's ultimately also why Anderson changes it, because he realizes, oh, that fat has passed. Like, this is not the time to be making this narrative. Because I can imagine this film with, like, a blonde 16-year-old slash played by a 25-year-old actor Mm -hmm. from Hollywood, and it would have been garbage. I mean, Mila Jovovich, I mean, she's not old, but she's she's a 45-year-old actress who is headlining action movies, and it's so fucking awesome to watch. Like, I'd rather, I mean, nothing against younger actors or, you know, 20-something actors playing teenagers, but um, <sighs> I, I, I just like seeing this badass woman in her 40s fight monsters. <laughs> and, and let's be clear, Mila does not look her age. No. Either. Like, she looks Fuck exactly no. the same age. As she has always looked, except for maybe dazed and confused. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, she looks fantastic. But I appreciate what you're saying. Like, it's good to have this movie anchored with someone with a bit of gravitas and also goodwill from action fans. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And I think the reception of this film was surprising to me, at least from the general public. Like, people really like this a lot more than I thought they were would, given how many people I see, like, shit on Anderson all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels like the people have come around in the same way that I talked about earlier, where if you like his movies, you will accept that this is what he's going to give you. And you like that you respect that for him. But if you don't like his movies, then this is more of the same. 
it is more of the same. I would argue, I mean, I mean, uh, I say this without having seen Pompeii or Three Musketeers, but there's like a sense of fun in this movie. Like, I, coming into this, having never played the game, I was like, okay, it's a simple enough story-ish, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, I'll buy whatever mumbo-jumbo you're selling about, oh, sure. you know, ancient ones and sky towers and whatnot. Oh, <laughs> but sky tower. <laughs> I, I could not even... <laughs> But but it's it's not complicated, right? It's like, okay, no. look, we are here to see big monsters. But honestly, the middle chunk of this film, which is just Mila Jovovich and Tony Jaa in some kind of action buddy comedy, mm-hmm. was my favorite part of the film. And it doesn't hurt that they have a lot of good comedic chemistry. And, you know, Anderson knows how to play to Mila's strengths. So he gives her the one-liners, he gives her the looks, and he lets her shine in the action sequences. And then, of course, yeah, you've got Tony Jaa. So he's kicking ass and taking names yeah i mean he's not given a single line of english to say which okay but i don't know if that's hmm. because we we talked about this offline we were like oh okay he's been in a couple of american films i don't know if he is comfortable speaking english but i can't remember his other roles maybe not nevertheless i mean it's he's a good get like tony jaw is great but it's it's yeah i'm like oh like I can't help but sometimes feel where it's like, well, did you just not Mm want to give the co-lead really any speaking lines so that Mila Jovovich could have more to say? (laughs) Yeah, there there were a couple of points where I thought, this is a little uncomfortable that we're basically casting a prominent, you know, uh, in terms of like stunt and action sequence capabilities, like Tony Mm -hmm. Jaa is fully competent. But I did feel a sense of discomfort that it's like white lady comes in and then we've got this POC sidekick who doesn't speak any English. And you're like, I mean, you know, we're not going to go through this plot from beginning to end, but I will say that I did at least appreciate when they're fighting the Rathalos, which dragon, they're fighting the dragon and she, you know, puts it down, but then he does come in and save her. So even though we have like, Oh man comes in and saves woman, it's very much also like, Oh, but we also have this, you know, you know, person of color, martial arts actor, who is the kick-ass one. <laughs> mm-hmm. It felt like they were they were equally trading blows. Like, he yes. would save her life, she would save his life. So it didn't feel like white person savior Yeah, exactly. And I mean, because she's the first one, like, she's the one to kill the Diablos first, so it makes sense that he would come in for the big final one. Well, right. I'm sorry, not the final final oh one. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 